Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, I have Nicole Simmons, and I don't know your story, Nicole, really. I just see little snippets of it. I've heard you say some things. I love your energy, your passion. And so I'd like to hear your story, you know, what brought you into the Nurtured Heart? What was life like then? And then maybe a little bit of what it was like to implement it and um, why you stuck with it. Hmm. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so I now have a 19-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter. And when my son was five, he had what I call a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad kindergarten year. Um, not from his perspective. I'm grateful. He doesn't remember his kindergarten year the way I saw it as a parent. Um, my kiddo had a lot of energy, has a lot of energy. He's an intense kiddo. He's been intense since he was in the womb. I literally can remember him like pew, 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 pew. And so when he started going to school, it was hard for him to kind of fit in that box that the teacher had for the class. And what that looked like would be him not wanting to share his crayons or, you know, using a straw to blow in somebody's face versus, you know, using it to drink your milk or going under the table instead of sitting in your chair. Um, he wasn't doing anything risky or dangerous. And yet I started getting notes from the teacher, which I think is most parents like worst nightmare. Uh, so, you know, I'd get notes from the teacher. I'd read them. I would talk to him and keep it moving. But the notes continued and they got longer. This teacher put a lot of effort into these notes. And so I realized by the end of the school year, uh, after he'd gotten several consequences at school, but also at home, because pre-nurtured heart, I was operating the way I grew up, which is if you do something wrong, you get punished, you get a consequence, but consequence meant punishment. And so, you know, my little kiddo would come home, I'd get a note, and then I would be lecturing him, or I'd be yelling, or I'd be taking something away, or, you know, telling him he couldn't watch TV, or whatever brilliant things I thought of at that time that made sense to me. Um, so by the end of the school year, when I was still getting these notes, it was becoming really clear to me that this wasn't working. Something needed to change. I didn't know what. And I I knew with every fiber of my being that if I didn't figure out something different, he was going to become that kid who fell through the cracks. I just knew it. I knew that teachers talk amongst themselves, of course, you know, class, uh, year to year. Oh, who do you have in your class? Oh. And the last thing I wanted was for them to say, oh, you have him? Oh, well, good luck. Because he doesn't like to share and he doesn't follow directions or whatever they would communicate. And that was the last thing I wanted for my kiddos. So I was blessed at the time I was running a residential program for young adults with mental health issues. And I went to a social emotional learning summit here locally. And Howard Glasser was there talking about the nurtured heart approach, which I had never heard of. I don't even know what, um, 
what enticed me to go check it out. Maybe the description, I don't know, but I went for professional purposes. And as soon as I heard him talking about the three stands and explaining what Nurtured Heart was about, it slammed me in the chest, honestly, like nothing in my life ever has, ever. And I knew this is it. I need to learn this and I need to learn this now. And yes, I'm going to take this to my job and work, use it with the, the young adults, but oh my gosh, I need this in my house. I need to use this in my parenting. So I got a hold of a book, found a local trainer, started attending workshops, and ultimately went to the week-long, uh, what we call CTI, which allows us to become trainers because I, I felt it so deeply and so powerfully that I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could to uh, make me the best parent I could possibly be and to bring it to my work. So it actually ended up becoming such a gift because I was able to, you know, bring it to all of the places that I have a connection with. Um, yeah. And it, it transformed everything. It transformed the relationship with my children. I remember, um, after my first workshop, just, you know, one day workshop here locally, I remember going home not really remembering some of what I learned, but determined to try to like fake it till I make it and just, and I remember feeling like I had the best night I had ever had with my children. And my son was, I think, six at the time and my daughter was two. And I just remember the delicious connected energy that I had with my kids. And so there was kind of no turning back at that point. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. I have so many questions. Um, I'm, I'm curious, um, what, what that change was like to have your, your kid coming home with all of those notes and then going to, I guess, after kindergarten's first grade. Right. So that transition probably came really soon after. Um, and the teachers hadn't learned nurtured heart, right. That was just you at home and how you navigated that and how you supported him at home, how you use nurtured heart up against um, the school not using it and his intensity yeah. at school. Yeah. Well, two things. One, I gifted every teacher <laughs> with a book. <laughs> Here you go. This has been a godsend. Um, treading carefully to not, you know, tell teachers how to do their job and also honestly sharing with them, this is something that is starting to work at home you know, I've learned how to teach it. If you have any questions, let me know. Here's a book. Um, but on the home front, I think the biggest transformational piece for me, for him, for us, was that if I did get negative feedback from the teacher, I did not give it energy. I really didn't, um, provided it wasn't something, you know, safety related, which it never was. You know, I would get that feedback back from the teacher and I, I would read it. I would be aware of it. And then I made no mention of it to him because one thing I was very aware that I was doing is I was showing up in really big, juicy, delicious ways. And I have a ton of energy. Um, it's delicious to be in my presence. And I was giving the best of who I was to him when he had done something wrong. And I was rehashing whatever had happened five hours ago when he didn't share his crayons or whatever. 
So I think the biggest piece that was really effective for me was not giving energy to those undesirable behaviors and instead paying attention to moments when he was doing the opposite so that I could energize that and say, wow, you know what? It sounds like you really showed a lot of self-control for 90% of your day. That's incredible because that's hard to do when, you know, or whatever. Um, So just really flipping the script on when I was showing up and when I was no longer showing up. And that made a huge difference. And he, uh, he responded to that like that. It was just so clear. Once, uh, once I shifted how I was going to show up and not show up, he picked up on it. He's a smart kid. Most of our kids are right, especially on an energetic level. And he was like, oh, okay, this is, this is how we're playing this now. Yep. And did that translate? What's that? Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it all these years later, he'll tell you to his annoyance that I still operate that way. So, yeah. Yeah. And did you see it translating into better behavior at school or was it a constant kind of battle of letting those negative notes go under the radar so that you can focus on building him up? That's a great question. I I definitely saw less notes. I actually I don't even know if I saw notes after that kindergarten year. Um and yes, I saw him being able to focus more. I I saw him You know, I'm going to like retract that a little bit because what really became my focus was honoring him and all that I saw him doing well and not even doing, but being, being this human who was responsible, kind, loving, thoughtful. And then I also started honoring the heck out of the teachers and, and letting them know, I see you too. This isn't just about my kiddo. This is also about you. Um, and maybe that helped in the way they responded to him and also how they communicated with me, because I Mm. really don't remember significant issues past that kindergarten year. You know, there were little hiccups here and there. Sure. Of course. But yeah. And since then, you know, he made friends and he participated and he did well academically. I mean, so yeah, absolutely. I love that. It sounds like just so much relationship, connecting with those teachers, connecting with that, with your son, having people feel seen and welcome and accepted for their experience and just celebrating each other. And that brings people's best feet forward when it's so obvious that you being you is received and celebrated and wanted and accepted. Um, So, Nicole, what I'd really like to hear, and I know that my audience is going to really enjoy this because people ask me this all the time, and my kids are still young. My oldest is 10. So people want to know, you know, it's one thing to do this when your kids are young, but, you know, what, how, what is it, how does it turn out? You know, what's the, what's the outcome? And your kids are already older. So um, what was that like raising nurtured heart kids, like kids who have gotten this from when they were six and two, you know? What did you see like a difference in them from maybe their friends or the way they interacted? Like, what was it 
what 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 was it like as they got older? Hmm. That's a great question. Um I remember my son coming to me. I want to say he was in high school. Yeah, it must have been because we were talking about video game controller and I remember him coming to me and saying, "Mom, Brandon was so honorable today." And I was so caught off guard because he doesn't normally talk like that. And I said, ooh, tell me about that. How is he honorable? And he proceeds to tell me how he had given him this game controller. And his friend had said, well, I'm not even going to open it in the out of the package until I pay you for it. And it, that wasn't going to be immediately. So he, my son thought that that was extremely honorable. And, and I love that he shared that with me. So I think that's another piece, too, that I love. Um, is that it fosters communication and it helps our kiddos learn how to see the best in people, which I think is so important in this day and age when there's so many conflicting, you know, opinions and perspectives and anger and there's just so much. And it's really easy to see the yuck versus taking some time to maybe see something that's not so yuck, for lack of a better <laughs> word. <laughs> or maybe even beautiful. I, I think that story is so powerful because not only did he say it, but it wasn't after a lot of reflection. This was natural to him to come home and tell a story. And what you said about communication is, makes me laugh too because, oh, our teens know how to communicate. They'll talk bad about their friends all day. They'll tell you all the drama and how this teacher did this and how this yep. kid did that and how this friend was so this. And But it's so much criticism, right? And here this teen is coming home and it's normal and natural for him to come over to you and be like, my friend was honorable today. Like, who says that? That's right. just his, that's just his culture. That's the way he was raised. I I see that in my kids now, but again, like I said, they're little and it's just remarkable to hear you saying that your teen was still doing that. Yeah. So that's really fantastic. Um, yeah. No, what are I your reflections? Say, I'll tell you too. So, so I've got a 15 year old and a 19 year old. So they, they're getting older. So some of that looks different with them for sure. But I'll tell you, I can get a Mother's Day card or a birthday card that will knock your socks off because they just fill me up and say, you know, they don't just say, hey, mom, happy Mother's Day. I love you. You're the best mom. They'll say, mom, thank you so much for being thoughtful, kind, generous, loving. And they just use all of these character traits that just, mm, um, just they just fill me up. And it shows me that me pouring into them and helping them see all of those qualities in themselves really helps them to see those qualities in other people. <laughs> right? They're both young adults at this point. Um, you know, I think the the biggest thing that I notice or that I know about them is that and at this point they will roll their eyes if I ask them because they've been living in this world for so many years and they're teenagers will be like, Oh my God, mom, shut up. But if I ask them, tell me about your greatness or tell me what you love about yourself or tell me three characteristics that, you know, you appreciate most about yourself or whatever. They can tell me 
and they can tell me with confidence. And I know there've been a couple of times where my son will just, it sounds like he's just rattling off words. So I'll, I'll pick one word and say, tell me about that. Um, because sometimes what I do is when I see them day to day, I might say, you know, Hey, what greatness did you show today? And the kids know too, that if they're with a friend, I'm going to totally, um, totally hijack that friend into that fun conversation. That's awkward. And like, what? Um, but if my kiddos, you know, rattle off something, a list of words, I'll, I'll pick one and say, Hey, tell me about that. How did you show that? And, and they can tell me with clarity, they can explain it. So it's not just that they're picking words out of the air to, to satisfy mom. So she'll shut up already. Um, they're speaking authentically and with truth and confidence and I love that. I think that's priceless. Wow. What a what a what an idea <laughs> that these young adults can be saying such good things about themselves and mean it and know it and get it and believe it. Um I'm curious about maybe the not such great times. You know, how has I'm sure that my guess is that it hasn't always been easy flowing and that everything in their life hasn't always been wonderful. Um how would you say this type of parenting has influenced going through those maybe rougher times of growing up? That needs to be a whole other podcast, Mussy. Okay. <laughs> we can talk for a long time about the not so great moments. The kids would happily tell you about the not so great moments. Um, I mean, I can remember back when I was first learning this work and Zach was probably five or six. And I got mad about something and I had learned about the reset. And I remember screaming at the top of my lungs, you need to reset. And this light bulb moment of realizing, oh my gosh, I'm the one that needs to reset. And wishing honestly that somebody had recorded that whole interaction because I I would love to show that to people because it was so ridiculous. And also the clarity that came from that, the realization that, oh, this stuff really starts with us. Um, it's not about them. It's about us and how we internalize these tools and the skills and the strategies and, and allow them to help us navigate situations. Um, you know, I, Really, we could spend a whole podcast talking about the not so great moments. I'm trying to think of another one readily. I, I really I, I come back to just knowing the importance of resetting myself, especially now because my kiddos are teenagers. So, you know, they're not perfect. Just because they grew up with this framework does not mean that they are, you know, happy rainbows, unicorns all the time, like absolutely not. So I get the eye rolling too. I get the tone when I ask a simple question, you know, are you going to have breakfast? Yes. And it's like, Ooh. you know, and so I'm gifted with opportunities all the time to do my own breathing and do my own resetting and regulating my nervous system when it gets tripped up with what I might perceive or label as disrespect, you know, or whatever, snarkiness. Um, yeah, so really the not so great moments come down to me remembering the importance of 
taking care of myself so that I can show up with clarity and calm and love and intentionality and all of that good stuff. That makes Hmm. sense. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful and so important for all of us to hear and such an important reminder that it comes back to us. And that's really, I think what Nurtured Heart is essentially is it's an approach on ourselves. (laughs) It's not an approach on others, really. Um, Aside for the actually showing up right side up, but the stand one and the stand three, you know, where I'm not putting my energy and the clarity is really about me. Yep. 100%. So much more than anyone else. Um, I'm curious if this like self-regulating and self-accountability and, you know, pausing your own game to get back to your values and integrity, if that's something you find them able to do in their moments of intensity when they're maybe not their best selves or they're having a hard time. Have you noticed them? You know, how do they navigate those moments? Oh my gosh. They are reset masters. They are, they are brilliant. I, oh my gosh, they're, yes, they're amazing. Uh, they both know how to do that. And again, I wished we had more time because I, I do have specific stories of how I was teaching in the beginning, teaching them in the beginning to reset and what it looks like now. And they both, they know how to do it. They know how to take care of themselves. They know how to give themselves space. And they know how to do that more times than not before before any disrespect comes out. You know, when they're feeling some kind of way, we've all kind of learned to be in tune with one another and be able to say, do you need, you know, do you need some space? Do you need me to stop talking to you? You know, or they'll say, I need to go reset. You know, they both said that at various times. I'm resetting or I need to go reset. And they go and they do whatever it is they need to do. So my son, historically, video games has helped him regulate and get back to a place of calm. I'm not entirely sure what my daughter does in her little sanctuary of a bedroom. Um, might be TikToks right now. I don't know. Um, but yes, they are brilliant at knowing how to do that. And I think knowing with wisdom that that's critical in order for them to then be able to navigate whatever the next thing is, because I think they both know pretty clearly that we, when we're not operating as our best self, you know, who's to say what's going to come out? Oh my goodness. What a gift you have given them, Nicole. This is so such a, such a, this is my dream for my kids is that when they're teenagers, they, they know how to take care of themselves because no, it's not going to be easy to be a teenager and it's not going to be easy to process all the changes and all the hormones and all the feelings and everything. And they have the skills. I know that we have to close now, Nicole. I so appreciate your time today. Um, it's been so inspiring to hear what it's like to have started when they're young and see them now so much older and still using the skills and having it so much a part of them. It's like they don't even, I don't think they probably would say they do nurtured heart, but it sounds like they do anyways, Um, which is so cool. If you want to know more about Nicole, check out the show notes. And um, I hope to do another recording someday. That would be great. Good luck with the rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Thanks.